Hello, this is Jacques Hebert, and you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. My partner in crime, Simone Malaz, is off today, so I'll be flying solo, but we have a great topic to discuss and some some wonderful guests. But first, I wanted to give you an update on the state's uh, 2017 Coastal Master Plan. So for those of you who may remember, this is the state's 50-year, $50 billion blueprint for coastal restoration and protection projects. It is... Um, It's been generated by the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority, and it's passed through uh, most of the legislature to this point. It's gone through the Senate as well as two House committees. And tomorrow we're hearing it'll go up for a vote on the House floor. So we're hoping, you know, obviously for good news there um, that we can share with you next week. Um, As a reminder, 88% of voters statewide support the Coastal Master Plan. Um, and um, you can still take action at MississippiRiverDelta.org slash master plan to let your House member know that the vote um, in favor is very important to you. Um, but today, you know, it marks an all too familiar occasion for us here in South Louisiana and New Orleans. It's the opening of a, the Atlantic hurricane season today through November 30th. Um, and it's a time when our region collectively holds our breath um, and hopes for the best. You know, I remember growing up, my grandparents had blessed palms that they'd get on Palm Sunday and they put them in almost every closet in the house to ward off hurricanes. And, you know, as we've seen, unfortunately, all too well, we need to do more than hold our breaths, pray and hope for the best. We need to make plans and necessary preparations now, not when a storm is entering the Gulf or when we're being forced to evacuate. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, the 2016 season was one of the most active since 2012. 15 named storms, including seven hurricanes and four major hurricanes. Um, we've talked about the importance of coastal wetlands and coastal restorations on this show at great length and why we need to rebuild our coast as a buffer from these storms. Um, and we've discussed the multiple lines of defense strategy needed to reduce risks and um, everything from the barrier islands and interior marshes to levees and pumping stations, home elevations, and of course the last but ultimately most crucial, crucial line of defense in terms of protecting yourself when a storm is coming, and that's evacuation. So. We're going to have two guests to talk about this. Um, we're going to give you some tips and resources that you can use to prepare yourself and your families and your homes um, as this hurricane season kicks off. So first up on the show, I'm excited to have Alec Krautman. Alec is a meteorologist with the New Orleans Baton Rouge Forecast Office at NOAA's National Weather Service here in Louisiana. Welcome to Delta Dispatches, Alec. Thank you. So before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about the New Orleans Baton Rouge Forecast Office at NOAA, and uh, the National Weather Service, and what you all do there? Yeah, uh, our office is located in Slidell, and our responsibility area covers all of southeast Louisiana and the Mississippi Gulf Coast, as well as coastal waters out to 60 miles in the Gulf. And our job is to forecast the day-to-day weather and also provide the warnings for hazardous weather. Anytime you see weather radar for New Orleans, it is uh, whether it's online or on the news, that's from our National Weather Service radar in Slidell. And I know, you know, there was an important announcement last week that NOAA made um, in terms of predictions for the 2017 Atlantic hurricane season, season which, as we said, starts today. Um, tell us what they're predicting for this year. That's right. The 2017 Atlantic hurricane season outlook is for a near average to above average season overall with 11 to 17 <clears throat> named storms across the Atlantic. And there's a possibility that five to nine of them could become hurricanes. And what is, you know, what are some of the reasons, I guess, from a meteorological perspective of why they're predicting a, a higher or, or above at normal uh, storm season? Yeah, there are a few factors that we look at for uh, the hurricane season. And one, of course, is sea surface temperatures. 
and it looks like the tropical Atlantic as well as the Caribbean, the sea surface temperatures will be uh, near average or slightly above average. And so that's one factor. Another is that we do not expect a strong El Nino to develop. El Nino is a climate pattern that typically suppresses hurricane activity. And so we don't think there will be El Nino, and if it does form, it should be very weak, too weak to impact hurricanes. And then the third main factor is wind shear, and we're expecting a a near-average or maybe slightly below-average wind shear across the Caribbean and the tropical waters this summer. And the wind shear would uh, help to uh, blow apart developing storms. And so uh, without wind shear, that leads to uh, a better environment for storms to develop. Right. And, you know, as we all know, even if we, we there is a higher than average um, or above normal prediction for hurricane season, it only takes one making landfall to have a significant difference. Um, thankfully, here in Louisiana, you know, we've been lucky for the most part. I think um, you and I were kind of going back and forth before the show and, and you said, 2012 Hurricane Isaac was the last um, kind of major hurricane to hit Louisiana and do significant damage. Why has there been a little bit of a, I guess, a break from these storms as of late? It really has just been luck. Uh, On average, the historical record says Louisiana has a landfalling tropical storm or hurricane about once every two years. And so we've certainly not had that for a while since 2012, like you've said. Uh, It's a threat for us every year, and we really need to be ready. There's still been active years since then. Uh, You mentioned earlier, just last year was actually an active hurricane season. But we, of course, had no Louisiana landfalls. It was really Florida and the Carolinas that had a lot of that activity. Uh, One of the weather patterns that often um, determines the track of these storms is the Bermuda high pressure. Maybe you've heard weather people talking about their Bermuda high pressure. If that Bermuda high was set up just a little bit further west last year, some of those Florida and Carolina storms would have ended up in the Gulf. Right. And I mean, we, you know, never want to see a hurricane make landfall anywhere, ideally, um, regardless of here or, you know, Florida, the Carolinas. And I know that NOAA doesn't make its predictions um, about landfall quite yet. I think that comes a little bit later. Is that correct? Why is that? And when can we expect to hear more about those predictions? That's true. We do not have a long-term outlook for landfalling storms, uh, because any individual storm is a rather variable event, and their tracks are also highly variable based on the ongoing weather conditions that week. And so we really don't have any kind of long-term outlook as to how many storms will make landfall or not. Another reason is that our U.S. coastline is a relatively small area when you compare it to the entire Atlantic Basin overall. Uh, If you have a chance, check it out on a map. There's a lot of ocean between here and Africa. And so that's all... uh, that's all space for the tropical storms and hurricanes. Right. And I guess for you as a meteorologist, um, and maybe even for the average person living in coastal Louisiana, why are these forecasts important? You know, and, and how do they help you to kind of do your jobs in the you know, months ahead? We really use this outlook as a tool to talk about hurricane preparedness. Uh, as we just mentioned, we typically see these events on average about once every two years. And so we need to be ready every year. Uh, You said earlier it only takes one storm, and that couldn't be more true. One example of that is the 1992 season was actually a uh, way below average season overall for the Atlantic. But, of course, Louisiana had Hurricane Andrew, and that was the first storm of the year. And so we got knocked by that first storm in 92 in an otherwise below average year. 
But of course, that was a terrible year for us locally. Yeah, and I, I mean, I remember being young when Hurricane Andrew hit, and we actually evacuated to a hotel in New Orleans, surprisingly. But, um, you know, I know uh, there's been one named storm this year already. Tell us a little bit about Tropical Storm Arlene, and is it typical to have a named storm this early in the season, or I guess before the season? That was an interesting storm. It formed in April, and it was uh, way out in the middle of the Atlantic. We like to call those fish storms. Storms that don't impact land are called fish storms. And the reason why we have hurricane season from June 1st to November 30th is because that accounts for the vast majority of hurricane activity. 97% of all storms um, through history have occurred from June to November. But still, every once in a while, it's rare, but storms can form outside that season. And um, even though it's not common, uh, Arlene was an example of that. And, you know, for Louisiana, is the typical, I guess, if you had to look at when most storms, uh, you know, threaten us, is it kind of that August, September time frame? Definitely. That's our peak, even historically, August and September. And really, you can even narrow it down to the middle of August to the middle of September. It's prime time. All right. So now is definitely the time to prepare, although you never know what's going to happen with an outlier storm. Um, Alec, I'd like to continue ta- talking to you after the break. I have some more questions. Um, so for those of you who, who are tuning in, we're talking about hurricane predictions, and then we're going to talk about hurricane preparedness. This is Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org slash Louisiana. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats, for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. Hello, this is Jacques Hebert, and you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. 
Today marks the first day of the Atlantic hurricane season, and we are talking about predictions and preparedness so that you and your family can get ready to make sure that you aren't caught off guard if a storm uh, does threaten coastal Louisiana. Um, so I'm excited to be joined with Alec Krautman, who is a meteorologist with the New Orleans Baton Rouge Forecast Office at NOAA's National Weather Service here in Louisiana. Um, so Alec, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the predictions um, that NOAA released last week, predicting a, an above average or higher than normal season this year. I want to ask, though, I mean, there hasn't been a storm since 2012, and you said that that's kind of an anomaly in terms of hitting Louisiana. Um, have there been developments around frequency and or intensity of hurricanes? So overall, when we look at the hurricane record, uh, and this is looking at the Atlantic Basin overall, there have been some higher and lower activity eras. So from about 1995 through 2012, we were actually in a high activity era for hurricanes, and we certainly had many events locally during that time period. And so we're not too sure what... uh, We'll have to look at the trend over the past few years. There's a possibility we could actually be going into a slightly lower activity era. Um, But, you know, last year was above average, and we're forecasting another above average season this year. So the the jury's really still out on that. Okay, yeah, and we'll have to, you know, just keep track and stay vigilant. And obviously, we'll be relying on, on you and the services your team provides to help there. So on that topic, I mean... What um, are what are kind of can you describe what a hurricane season is like for you all um, at your office and what is the type of activity your team will be doing over the coming months to track these storms? Sure. Well, day to day during the summer, uh, you know, we're monitoring local weather, but we're also just monitoring the thunderstorm activity in the Gulf of Mexico and across the Caribbean and in the tropics. You know, sometimes these storms, they can form from tropical waves traveling all the way across the ocean, really from Africa, and they can turn into tropical storms and hurricanes and, and track towards the U.S., but other times these storms can form much closer to home, like in the, uh, the Bay of Campeche in the southern Gulf of Mexico or even closer. So anytime there's a, a cluster of thunderstorms over these warm tropical waters, we are looking at the forecast models and looking at the weather satellite imagery to try to determine the potential threat. And in terms of the resources and tools at your disposal, has the technology advanced significantly um, in terms of tracking and monitoring these weather acti- this weather activity? It really has. A huge new tool for us uh, this year is the new NOAA GOES-13 weather satellite. We've had uh, weather satellites for decades, but this new one is going to be uh, a better high-resolution even faster updates than ever before. And so we're really excited to, to use it this year and to see some of these features and how they develop with, um, with so many rapid updates from this new satellite. Another great tool is always the, uh, the hurricane hunters. And these are the Air Force and the NOAA uh, hurricane reconnaissance aircraft. And they fly into these developing storms, and they even fly into the developed hurricanes. And their information... Uh, from there, they have radar on the plane. They drop weather instruments through the storm, and so they get measurements from uh, plane height in the clouds all the way down to the ocean surface. And that data feeds our weather models, and it's uh, it's giving us better and better forecasts each year. We're getting much better at um, determining where these storms might make landfall. One thing that's still difficult, even in this day and age, is identifying when a storm might make that rapid intensification. Um, we're working on it. We're always watching. But the quick change in strength is still a challenge that we face even today. 
And I know, you know, with that improved technology, it often translates into better information, better public uh, knowledge about kind of either the risks and warnings. And so I know some of the tools that are available are um, storm surge watches and warnings, as well as the wind visualization tool um, related to these storms. So can you tell us a little bit about those public tools and um, where people can access them? Yeah, let's talk about storm surge for a moment first. Uh, As you know, uh, South Louisiana is so vulnerable to storm surge. And really, water um, is the number one killer from a tropical storm or a hurricane. Half of all fatalities are from storm surge, and another quarter of all fatalities are from inland flooding rain. Uh, Sometimes storms don't even, um, it doesn't even have to be a tropical storm or a hurricane to cause problems. We can look at that Baton Rouge event just last year, last August, and we know this inland hazard all too well. Uh, these storm surge tools, they're available from the National Hurricane Center when, there's, um, when we're tracking a storm. Their website is hurricanes.gov, G-O-V. And the new update for this year is this storm surge watch warning, like you mentioned. Even though half of all fatalities from a hurricane are due to storm surge, we've never before had a warning specifically for that hazard. And so now this is meant to highlight the threat. It's to hopefully reinforce the message of... Um, uh, evacuating if you're told to do so. Uh, that's so important when we have a landfall and storm. Right. And you, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the Baton Rouge flooding that affected so many people, um, you know, that was just a really intense kind of uh, rain event. And we've seen recently, as recently as this week, you know, tornadoes on the coast and tornadoes, um, you know, over the last year or so in New Orleans and in Laplace. Um, is it a fair assessment to say that kind of weather has intensified and, if so, why is that? This year so far, we've had an exceptionally active year. It really started this winter and through this spring. This winter, we had very warm temperatures overall. The Gulf of Mexico stayed uh, very warm through the winter. And so I think that is uh, a, the greatest attribute to why we had such an active winter and spring with these thunderstorms. And many of them, you know, there were at times tornadoes, like you mentioned. Um, so, yeah, this has been an active year so far. And I have to ask, because I'm sure it's a question you get asked a lot, um, and they also know as part of the prediction, released the names of the storms this year. So how did they choose these names? That's actually an international effort. Uh, there is a, uh, the World Meteorological Organization is uh, part of the UN, part of the United Nations, and an international team of uh, weather folks get together every few years, and they review these lists. And, uh, and come up with them so we can all stay on the same page and be referring to the same storm. You know, we have a list for these storms in the Atlantic. There's another set of names for storms in the Eastern Pacific and the Western Pacific. So uh, it's not just unique to us. It's uh, kind of agreed upon worldwide, which is sort of neat. And I have to ask, um, you know, because we're about to head into our break and we'll have to let you go, but I do appreciate your being on. But what are the resources that, you know, people should, you know, write down, bookmark, have at their disposal and ready so that they're prepared on um, this hurricane season? Our website is uh, weather.gov. That's for the National Weather Service. The National Hurricane Center in Miami, they're hurricanes.gov. And then the state of Louisiana has a fantastic resource for planning at getagameplan.org. Uh, that's uh, GOSEP's page, and it has a lot of uh, planning and preparedness information specific to Louisiana. That's great, and it's perfect segue into our next segment, which is going to be with uh, Mike Steele from the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. Um, I have to ask you, Alec, 
you know, working in this field, are there any, what tips or suggestions would you give to people to make sure that they're prepared, that they, you know, stay as safe as possible, um, and that they take the right steps um, to make themselves and their family safe? Stocking up on supplies and having a family plan is so important. I mean, talking about your actions during a storm ahead of time goes a long way towards uh, peace of mind. Hurricanes, they are very stressful events, and so planning as much as you can ahead of time will go a long way. And I just want to reiterate that if and when a big storm is forecast, an evacuation might be called for your area, please leave. It's, you know, it can just be not safe uh, with the storm surge threat and with the wind threat. There's also the flooding rain and even the possibility of tornadoes within these storms. And so uh, we all need to, you know, respect Mother Nature and stay aware during hurricane season. That's great advice. And, you know, we're going to get some more detail and some more resources from GOSEP in the next segment. Um, Alec, I have to ask, um, you know, growing up here, we always saw images of Nash Roberts, um, the famed meteorologist. Have you checked out a lot of those clips on YouTube? And do you have any thoughts there on the legend that is uh, Nash Roberts? Yes, I've seen that before. I moved uh, down to New Orleans several years ago, and of course, it comes up a lot. And uh, tracking hurricanes like that, uh, old school, is still common today. You know, we like to plot them uh, at work as well. Great. Well, thank you so much, Alec um, Krautman, meteorologist with New Orleans Baton Rouge Forecast Office at NOAA National Weather Service. And we're um, talking about hurricane season on the opening of the season. I really appreciate your time and your insight. And please be sure to stay um attuned to the information that they're putting out at their local office. Um, thanks again, and we'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Stay safe this summer. Welcome back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. This is Jacques Hebert, and we're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. Today is an important day. Um, you know, it's the first day of the Atlantic hurricane season, and as we discussed in prior segments, it really only takes one storm making landfall to result in serious damage and loss of life, as we know all too well here in our area, um, which is why it's so important to make the necessary preparations ahead of time and not wait for when a storm is in the Gulf. Um, so I'm really excited to have our next guest, who is an expert on that topic, here with me today. Um, Mike Steele is Communications Director at the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. Thank you. I know it's a really busy time and you've had a lot of events and announcements coming out. So I appreciate your taking the time to share your knowledge with us. Um, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. We um, are kind of the coordinating arm for our state government. Uh, we uh, help whenever local municipalities or parishes get to the point with any type of emergency, whether it be a hurricane or a smaller weather event, a hazmat event, uh, any type of emergency that gets too large uh, for our local partners to handle, we're kind of the coordinating agency for the state. Uh, they can contact us. And let's say maybe they need extra security or maybe they need road signs to help handle a situation. Instead of contacting DOTD or National Guard or the state police, there's a system that they use to contact us and put that request in. And then we handle uh, coordinating that request and getting it handled uh, in the quickest, most efficient way. 
and you all do and have a lot of resources around um, emergency preparedness and disaster preparedness. And that's relevant to the topic today. We're talking about uh, hurricane season and hurricane preparedness. So we heard from Alec earlier in the show, NOAA's forecasting an above average hurricane season. So, you know, we're still kind of at the very early part of a hurricane se- the hurricane season, even though we know, you know, that disaster can happen at any point. What should people be doing now to make these ne- necessary preparations um, so that they're, you know, not scrambling at at the end and kind of um, to help keep their families safe? So our catchphrase for our agency when it comes to preparedness is get a game plan. And that basically means know what your emergency plan will be, develop that plan uh, on a day, you know, we call them blue sky days when you're not facing an emergency so that when you do face a situation where you may have to take action, uh, you'll know what to do. That could be as simple as, as uh, contacting a relative maybe in another part of the state to say, hey, if, uh, if I have to evacuate, is it okay if you know, we come uh, to your house for a few days? Or having a route maybe out of the area. Uh, one of the main things people really need to do is just maintain their awareness. Uh, take New Orleans, for example. There's a lot of new people that have moved to New Orleans since the last time we've dealt with any uh, serious hurricane threat. Uh, we're talking about likely thousands of people in the metro area. So they need to know that they need to pay attention to uh, the conditions. Uh, evacuation routes in Louisiana can be very uh, tricky. Uh, you, you can't really set those plans in stone because if a hurricane or a tropical storm changes direction or picks up speed or you know, there's a number of factors, we may have to uh, alter some of our evacuation plans at the last minute. So maintaining awareness, uh, kind of developing your plans ahead of time, and then obviously the emerge, uh, the simple things like uh, building an emergency supply kit, having the basics in there. Uh, we usually steal the, the, the one of the phrases from Florida. The first 72 is on you. Try and have enough supplies and uh, food, water, those types of things uh, for all of your family members for at least the first 72 hours. Right. And, you know, it is important. Obviously, you know, there are a lot of people who haven't gone through this before. And so um, getting this information out, as you all do, is, is such a helpful, um, you know, resource. Um, but you also mentioned that people shouldn't just prepare during hurricane season, right? That they should be prepared year round. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And that is a that's a great question to ask and something that we really uh, want to highlight to the public. So what we practice when it comes to emergencies and, and the plans that we develop are basically called an all-hazards emergency plan. That means, uh, you know, in Louisiana, it doesn't have to be a hurricane. You could have an event at an industrial site, maybe along the Mississippi River. You could have a hazmat event. You could have a number of things that could happen that could force you from your home on a moment's notice. Just this year alone, uh, going back to probably you know, February of this year, it, we've hardly had any uh, clean week, so to speak, where we haven't seen some type of weather event uh, in, in some part of the state, and in some cases all over the state. So, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing this pattern now where it's, you know, this, this rain system that we're dealing with now, you know, flash flooding is definitely a threat. Uh, we've seen tornado outbreaks over the past couple of months. And so you just never know when that emergency is going to strike. We use hurricane season and the kickoff of hurricane season to kind of reinforce those topics with the public. But we hope that people kind of um, stay vigilant year round. 
Right. And Alec was saying how active of a year it's been from a kind of a weather standpoint. And so that is a good point. You know, it's not just between June and, no- and November. We have to be prepared year round. So I want to get into specifics, you know, in terms of like building your household emergency kit. What are some of the main important items that people should make sure they have on stock at all times? So if you go to our website, it's getagameplan.org. You can download a copy of our Louisiana Emergency Preparedness Guide. There's a two-page checklist in that guide. And, you know, obviously we have the simple things like flashlights, batteries, uh, maybe candles in some cases, food and water for three days, those types of things. There's a lot of uh, items that people don't normally think about. Copies of your insurance paperwork, your your property insurance, your uh, birth certificates, wedding certificates, any of those types of important documents. Maybe even put a disc with a lot of your, um, you know, key family photos, those types of things. Maybe put that in in one of the the Tupperware-type storage containers and put that in an attic or somewhere safe or someplace where you can grab it if you are forced from your home, especially if you're in an area that's prone to flooding or or some other problems. Um, I did hear a unique thing this week as we were talking about hurricane season. You know, I I have family in different parts of the state. They said when you get maybe those important documents and everything in place, maybe make another set of copies to and, and send them to a relative or bring them to a relative's home in another part of the state. That way, if, if your home gets hit or if their home gets hit and has some type of major problem, you would have another copy uh, at a different part of the state. You know, so if that's an option, you know, take advantage of it. But there's simple steps you can do now that where if you are faced with, you know, uh, flooding or, or some type of hurricane damage, you know, having those documents handy will will ease uh, a lot of the factors in recovery and kind of get that process started much quicker. That's right. And I mean, it's a great point that, you know, it's not just about preparing to evacuate or evacuating. It's also, you know, making the necessary preparation so you can get your life back in order after, you know, the disaster or the storm. And a huge part of that is making sure you have those documents and have access to them. So that that is a great point. I also know that um, GOSEP has launched an app that is really helpful, right? So you can have it on the go on your phone, wherever you are, if you evacuate. Tell us a little bit about the app and what it provides. Yeah, and this could be very key for people in, in the southern part of the state. Like we said, it's hard to set any type of evacuation plans in place until we know exactly, you know, what a hurricane, for example, is going to do. So uh, as those plans change, there's actually a place on the Get a Game Plan app. It's a it's an app we've had for a while, but we comp- completely uh, revamped it last fall. So we can actually uh, input those evacuation plans uh, on that app, and so that you'll have access to that. We also put a copy of the um, uh, the checklist and some of the uh, information you need to complete your uh, supply kit. You can find that on the app. And there's also an I'm safe tab. You know, we've seen times where cell phones and other forms of communica- communication start to go down uh, for the public. But with this I'm safe tab, you can pre-program a number of uh, uh, people ahead of time and let's say you are forced to evacuate, but you can't get through to them, you can hit that uh, one button and it at least sends a message to them saying, you know, I'm safe. We're, we're uh, you know, we may be uh, unable to talk, but I'm safe. Right. And I, I mean, a lot of I'm sure, you know, you're used to this and a lot of kind of what we're trying to do here is not 
scare people, but just get people ready, right? And make sure that they're making the right uh, uh, decisions now and kind of preparations now so that they aren't, you know, stressed or, you know, they're making sure that they can protect themselves if a disaster does strike. Um, so I know, uh, you know, for like you mentioned, people who have moved to New Orleans since the last big storm, there's thousands. Um, they, it might be overwhelming, right, to think about how do I put together a plan? How do I know where to evacuate? Um, you all have a, a guide, right, to building your own plan on the Louisiana Emergency Preparedness Guide? Right. Well, and if you go to the Get a Game Plan site, you can find information on there about uh, what to do uh, for yourself to protect yourself, your family, your kids. There's a kids section. Uh, your pets. Pets are a very important factor when it comes to emergency preparedness. Uh, we saw a situation back in in, uh, in 2005 with Katrina. Many people didn't want to leave the New Orleans area because they couldn't take their pets with them at the time. There's a lot of pet plans in place. Every parish has some type of plan in place. And people need to contact their parishes and contact their website. Most of you know the, the metro New Orleans area, for example, uh, you have a very strong leadership at the local level and they have a wealth of information a lot of times on their websites, on social media, different things they can you can go to specifically uh, for your parish. And then you can find a lot more uh, information at the state level on, uh, on our site. Great. And uh, Mike, we're going to talk a little bit more when we get back from the break. Um, if you're just joining us, this is Delta Dispatches. I have Mike Steele with the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. We're discussing preparing yourself and your family from disasters and storms. Hello, this is Jacques Hebert, and you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. Today, we're discussing hurricane preparedness, and we have with us Mike Steele, Communications Director for the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. So, Mike, uh, welcome back. I know before the break, you were talking about pets, and I just kind of want to reiterate that because you mentioned, you know, in Katrina, obviously, we saw a lot of people were not wanting to evacuate because they didn't want to leave their pets behind or, you know, they certain places weren't taking kind of pets when people did evacuate. So has, has there been updates since Katrina? And, you know, I just want to kind of emphasize, should people not evacuate because of their pets? Well, and, and that is a very important factor. You know, our agency was actually uh, formed as a result of some of the changes that came after Katrina. And some of our, our people came, uh, you know, from first responder jobs uh, before they came to work at GOSEP. Uh, there's a couple in particular that will tell you just heartbreaking stories about trying to get people out of, uh, you know, the Ninth Ward and some of the other hardest-hit areas and people that were in dire need of help, but they would not leave their home because they couldn't take their, their dog or their cat or, or their pet with them. You know, those, those are important family members to a lot of people nowadays, and, and uh, you know, it's, it, it was heartbreaking for them to have to deal with that uh, but the people just, you know, refuse to go. So every parish now has some type of pet plan uh, as part of their requirements. And so, again, you know, whatever community you're in, uh, make sure you check with your parish, you know, if your pets, uh, you know, play that important role for you in, in your family's lives, then make sure you know what that pet plan is ahead of time. A lot of times you evacuate right alongside the pet. Uh, there's situations where the pets can be kept in carriers, and maybe kept on a bus with you, or they're transported in another vehicle as you're transported away. You stay kind of in contact with them, and so there's a lot that's been done 
uh, in that in that area. So uh, people need to be aware of that. And that's, you know, that's great to hear because you're right. There were so many heartbreaking stories. And, you know, it's true for so many people, pets are their family. So that's a great, you know, kind of um, advancement since Katrina. And I, I want to ask a little bit to you going back to the topic of evacuation. So let's, you know, we're going to pray and hope that this doesn't happen. But let's assume a, a hurricane is kind of threatening Louisiana. What resources should people tune into and pay attention to um, if they need to evacuate? So the first thing is uh, there is a set coastal plan as far as the timing if we have to imp- implement contraflow. And so a lot of people may not be aware of, of what contraflow is. It's when we basically, you know, use the interstate for one direction uh, to get people out of harm's way. And we only do it in very, uh, uh, you know, dangerous looking conditions. Uh, but there's there's different things they need to be aware as the media provides these updates and gives the information on the timing there's a time for people to leave, uh, you know, the lower coastal region. There's a time for people to leave the region just above that. And then there's a time we start to evacuate the, the New Orleans metro area. And the key is trying to keep uh, the roads as open as possible, you know, by staging these types of uh, of uh, times for people to leave, you know, if contraflow is, is initiated. So, um, you know, there's different factors if your parish... Uh, orders and evacuation, you know, they need to be aware of that. Maintaining that awareness is so critical because they may live, you know, maybe someone came from the uh, Midwest where storms roll across, uh, but they may only last, you know, one day and then they kind of blow out of the area. You know, hurricanes can be very dangerous for several days uh, as the storm uh, approaches the state and also as it moves inland. So it may be something very different than what they're used to dealing with, and they need to be aware. One other important factor, and I know we talked about this kind of off air, is that businesses need to have a plan. Maybe you've moved to the region and started you know, some type of smaller business. Uh, maybe you have 5, 10, 15 employees, but you need to have a meeting with your employees so that they know um, – if they need to get back in the area, if they if they have some type of uh, critical job for that specific area, how do they get back into the area? You know, does your uh, business uh, you make sure you talk to the parish about the reentry process? You know, for your employees, or if you need to have a place for your employees to gather, you know, outside the uh, evacuation zone. Talk about those things ahead of time so that you can have a lot of that worked out. And I know that's a great point. I know in the Louisiana Emergency Preparedness Guide um, and on your website, I saw kind of like a checklist and resources for business owners as well. So, so they should check that out and make a plan um, as well. Absolutely. They, that is that is one of the most critical things. And there's some jobs that, that maybe we don't think about as being critical in nature. But let's say you get power restored to a certain parish uh, but there's no employees to come back and work at the convenience stores or the gas stations. Well, then that gas station is pretty much waste, you know, wasted at that point because uh, there's no one there to operate it. So, you know, it can be a, everything from a, a mom-and-pop type grocery store or gas station or, or certain things. If you have a critical function for that community, you know, talk about those things ahead of time and uh, make sure your employees and, and and the owners are kind of on the same page. And I want to get into a little bit more specifics. Um, so what about people that may not have the resources, either financial or otherwise, or car, you know, to evacuate? 
um, or you know, people with medical conditions, they're disabled, um, maybe they're living alone, they're elderly. What resources and advice would you give to those people or people who are you know, looking to care for those people? So every parish has a plan to deal with that, that specific part of the population. So they need to check their parish, uh, usually their website. A lot of parishes have a uh, check-in where they uh, maybe register the people ahead of time. If you know that, that evacuation could be difficult for you because of the reasons you, you mentioned, check in with your parish ahead of time and let them know, you know, uh, you know the, the issues that you're facing so that they can uh, be aware of that. Also, you know, we need to build a lot of resiliency in our community. So if you have uh, maybe friends in your neighborhood and they're elderly and, and you know, uh, the idea of evacuating and possibly being stuck on the interstate for a number of hours is difficult, but you can help that family, you know, or that couple, uh, you know, evacuate, and, and you have the means to be able to do that. You know, look after each other and check in on each other, uh, because the more you do on your own, that frees up more time and and capability for the first responders that maybe. Uh, need to be out there, you know, getting someone else. So, uh, you know, it's important for the public to know their role. Government cannot do everything for everybody in a major catastrophe. It's just impossible. So the more you can do and the more you know your responsibilities and and your role in all this, you know, the easier it is for everyone. Right. And I mean, we obviously saw so many examples of that kind of community, you know, looking out for each other, both and the Baton Rouge floods, and then even going back to Katrina. So it is really important now more than ever for us to look out for our neighbors, be that community, um, and, you know, we're all in this together. So um, in terms of shelters, you know, if someone's looking to plan an evacuation, is there a resource for them where they can see a list of shelters where they could potentially evacuate? See, that's another situation that we almost have to develop uh, based on the specific event. You know, you have other parts of the country, maybe up along the mid-Atlantic, you know, they just maybe have like a uh, a 30-mile area that's kind of the coastal plain that they just need to get people out of. In order to get people out of harm's way dealing with surge and other issues, you know, basically half of our state is at risk. And so uh, it, it's hard to set a lot of those plans in place until we see what we're dealing with ahead of time. Some parishes have a lot of parish-to-parish agreements uh, where they maybe uh, have contact with, you know, the Monroe area or the Shreveport area, and they have pre-selected sites that a lot of the people in that parish will go to. But that's another reason why it's important to check in with your parish to see if those options are out there. Okay. Uh, we also have a mega shelter in the uh, Alexandria area, but that's to deal with a lot of the um, the people that... that uh, didn't have a lot of options or maybe dealing with medical issues and their bus to that site, but it's not a general population type shelter. So it's important for you to know what your area has available and, and what options are available so that you can help you know, develop your plan. All right. And one more time, Mike, we're almost out of time. So uh, what is the website again? It's getagameplan.org. For now, you can go on our website, MississippiRiverDelta.org slash Delta Dispatches. Thanks for another great show.